Well, hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined, as always, by Vinny Kiamko Yap. Hello, everyone. Yeah, a little bit different. So my house has the plague. We are we are sick, sick. We've Once got, again. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we've got three kids who have the flu, and it's not just the it's not the oh I think we have the flu kind of the flu. It's the no, we were tested and we have the flu, and they've given Tamiflu, and we're waiting for the next one to fall. As all things happen. And we also have another kid who's unrelated, has like swollen glands in his neck, and, and we're not sure what's going on there. He just got referred out to head neck uh, <laughs> surgery to get some more information. So some scary, man. not fun things in the Mueller house this week. So, so When your family goes down, they go down, man. You know, and it's always when I'm just about to get on an airplane. I'm leaving to go to Kansas. On, uh, <laughs> so it's just... so your wife's just like, thanks. Oh, my poor saintly wife. Um, we're, we're trying to sanctify that lady. I'll tell you that one right now. <laughs> So tough, man. Getting her to statehood as fast as possible. Oh gosh, man, it's it's something. So anyway, she yeah she she will be holier than us all, um, you know. So but anyway, now so, is it is it Vomageddon from like last year or a couple of years ago? Like DefCon four, DefCon one. What level are we talking about? No, thankfully we're not vomit. That's this is so this is the respiratory flu, which is scary, right? Because Got that's, you. You know, it can turn to pneumonia and, and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, it's not vomit because that's just awful. We did have one kid throw up yeah. because she she the uh, she took her first dose of Tamiflu and it didn't didn't sit well with her. So um, so there was vomit. I want to make sure that everyone knows that there was vomit that we can't we can't get out with no vomit. Um, oh well, I mean, hey, so it's just one. Yeah, just one. So just one vomit. Just one, and it wasn't flu related. It was flu medicine related yeah it was side so. effect related that's and that's what's the important yeah. takeaway there all right so but because of the plague that's hit our house we decided it would be safer to do this uh podcast via skype which is something we've been talking about doing for a long time it's just we couldn't figure yeah. out but and it seems like i may have cracked the technical challenge aspect of that which really wasn't that hard it's just getting all the levels right which they may not be on this podcast you listener might be listening yeah. to this going wow well they need to work on that some more. But we, we in the in the interest of getting consistent podcasts out to our our audience, we wanted to give it a swing. So, so here it is. Yeah, and this is this is kind of cool. I'm actually sitting at at work oh, doing this, and I, this is super cool. I was very concerned that it was going to be. Uh, I'm actually sitting here in my underpants eating cereal, and uh, I didn't I didn't want that. So. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, whatever whatever we can do. Yeah. So, hey, we have uh, on the slate today, we've got, I thought we'd talk a little politics because that's something I enjoy, although I know it is, I think most most of America is so turned off by politics right now that it's risky to even say we're going to talk a little politics. Is that, you think I'm right Oh, there? yeah. Oh, no, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, if you're on your Facebook, because, well, I mean, if you're a young adult, you probably have a Facebook. Uh, unlike the the cool hip kids now that don't have it, you know, um, I, I got told the other I got told the other day that Facebook was not cool anymore. I'm I'm gonna have to agree. I you know I'm on the Facebook, but less and less. And not that I'm cool. I'm actually on the social medias less and less. I feel like I'm personally I'm just kind of moving away from the social medias in general. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like I'll, I'll use it to stay in contact with friends. But like, I posted for the first time the other day and it was like uh, there's no reason I needed to do that so I have it but don't really post so there's really no point in me having it I guess right and well unless you're just using it to stalk people which is you know 
could be. Super healthy. Right. Anyway, but in the way of politics, <laughs> so we want to talk about politics today. We're going to talk a little bit about Easter and just the, the Easter Mass experience. Yeah. And then also Divine Mercy Sunday coming up mm. this weekend. Um, so, but, yeah. but, but we'll start with politics. Hey, if you've been following... Yeah. Oh, man. I can't believe we're already in the presidential cycle, but we are. It just never ends. It just, it never, it never, never ends. But the Democratic primary is going on already. And I think, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, we've got Beto O'Rourke, we've got Elizabeth Warren, we've got Kamala Harris, we've got Cory Booker, um, I can't remember the last guy's first name, but Buttigieg is his last name, uh, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in this race. There's another person from Minnesota whose name I forget. And then there's, a, there's like another guy who's kind of like, I, I, it's just, and then of course, today we had the big fish get in and, and the people, people, have been, the guy people have been waiting for, the man himself, Mr. Joe Biden got into the race today. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I know. Oh man. You know, it's weird. Oh, oh, I forgot. I didn't even mention one of the other Bernie Sanders, <laughs> Bernie Sanders also in the race. Um, so yeah. And again, I am. I think I've made it clear if you've listened to the afternoon morning show podcast or followed me on Twitter or Facebook, I am not a huge Donald Trump fan. Like I have real issues yeah. with the, the whole Stormy Daniels thing and, and the mistresses and the way he the way he carries himself and the fact that he seems incapable of taking the high road. Like I don't I don't love I, I'm not like, wow, Donald Trump, I want him to have him over to dinner. Like, I really, I, you know, yeah. he, he makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually, I don't like the way that many people of faith have sort of gotten on the Trump <coughs> bandwagon. Yeah. I, I don't think there were any, yeah. you know, when it came down to Trump versus Hillary, I thought there was no good option in that race. No. Um, so you well, kinda, I, think, I think the reason a lot of people jumped on, people of faith jumped on the whole Trump bandwagon was that, his stance on abortion, though it wasn't the greatest, most educated um, stance on abortion, but he had a pro-life stance on it. So I think a lot of people definitely jumped on that bandwagon. Um, well, yeah. And I, and I think if you look at his record then on the pro-life movement, he's been a pro-life president. I mean, as far as life in the womb, yeah. for sure. You know, you know, it's again, the Supreme Court judges is huge. Um, but you also look at the circuit court judges and there've just been a lot of really good appointments. Um, and so, yeah, as, a, as in that regard, I think, yeah, it was the hold your nose and vote for the guy who at least says he's going to be pro-life, even though he, he clearly doesn't fully understand what that means. And I would say it, when you look at that bargain, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's carried the torch. He's been, he's, he, he's, he did what he said he was going to do. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of Republicans haven't done that. You know, they haven't done what they said they were going to do. They haven't been pro-life. And I, you know, it was, I think the big disappointment of the Trump presidency was not that he didn't do what he said he was going to do. It was that we had a Republican, a Republican Senate and house and they didn't do jack as far as pro-life yeah. issues are concerned. Um, yeah. And that's where I think we really had opportunity and they didn't touch it. They all tried to play safe safe in their districts and then the Republicans lost the House. Um, anyway, um, you know, but so the other thing is, you know, looking at Donald Trump, I, you know what I, I heard a lot, you hear a lot tossed around the racism thing. Like, they, oh, well, Donald Trump is a racist. And I think yep. a lot of that, well, I mean, it's funny. I, I Is he a racist? I, I don't know him. Personally, um, yeah, he definitely doesn't speak politically correct language. I think that's true. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, him being politically correct. Yeah, it's Oof. it's something. But like, I think a lot of the, the the calls of racism have to do with immigration, right? People say he's racist because of his stance on illegal immigration, and I think yeah. you know it's it's perceived that he's tightened the border. Although I think at this point, Obama actually had, um, oh, gosh, I'm I'm blanking on terms here, had sent more people back. Let me put it that way. What's a what's the term? When you send people away, deported, deported. Thank you. Obama actually, the Obama administration, they did a lot of deportations anyway. But, uh, yeah, but I think that's where Trump gets the racism calls because he, he really has kind of said, no, we need to secure that border, which if you look at the polls is a very mainline position. Like most Americans say, no, we, yeah. we, we need to fix it. Now I, I think Trump speaks about it very insensitively. Um, and, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think, where you get the whole racism call, right? Like he, you know, you talk about sensitive issues insensitively and people think that you're insensitive. Like, you know, he, yeah. I'm not defending Donald Trump. Gosh, I hate this. Um, but so yeah. Tr- but, OK, but it's it's it, it's it's reached the crazy point where just because they like the other side of the aisle, I hate Donald Trump, no matter what he says is going to sound racist or bigoted, even when it's childish and unimportant right but it's, it's going to be blown out of proportion so i think i think he could say something literally anything that makes no sense and somebody's going to read into it or claim it's racist again not not like trying to stand up for the guy but i think we're, we're kind of at a place politically and through the media that no matter what he says is racist and if he doesn't say anything then people go well he obviously must not care it's like you you're saying that just because you hate him you know we don't like him it's it's interesting because you know unemployment amongst african-americans is at an all-time low i mean Mm. under under the trump presidency and most people on the street don't know that uh incarceration of african-american men is actually dropped um, in, under in the last you know couple of years, most people don't yeah. know that, right? Um, that doesn't that doesn't sound like the most racist you know president we've ever had. But if you if you follow yeah. the narrative, that's what they're saying, you know. Um, and I you know that's that, I think it brings me to the Joe Biden thing. So Joe Biden gets into the race, and his you know most of the Democratic candidates are running against other Democratic candidates at this point for for the, they're running the primary, right? Biden gets yeah. in the race, and I don't know if you had a chance to see the video, but it is 100% a swing at at Trump, and basically it's it's a race, it's it's about racism. And he, what 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 Biden says, Ugh. he's Biden says essentially that we're we're Germany 1930 is what he says. So Whoa, we, that's you know that's why he's getting in the race is that you know so America stand up for what America is, and so we don't lose what America is because we're we're at that point where we're Germany in the 1930s. Um, that's a bold statement. It's, you know, it's, that is, I think that's, I guess, I mean, I I think this is the frustration I've got with politics in the United States right now is, can we stop calling people Hitler? I mean, anytime, again, Trump's an idiot. I I get it. Like I, you know, like I said, Trump is an ass. I've said that many times and I feel, and I, 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 again, Genesis 16, 12, it says Ishmael will be a wild ass of a man, right? This is the Bible describing a person. Mm. It means he's unruly, he's uncontrollable, he's uncouth, yeah. right? Well, that's Donald Trump, right? Um, but like, I'm I'm tired of the Trumps and Nazi stuff. I you know I don't th- I think 
I think right now everything is so all about emotional and perception that nobody actually looks at what's oh, yeah. actually happening, right? Um, yeah. And that's, gosh, I'm so, it's enough. Enough is enough is enough is enough. And I just, if this is the way it's yeah. going to be, like, oh my gosh, another, was it like a year and a half we have of this uh, where it's just, you know, and then we get to the general election and it's just going to be. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. I, I think I think this next this next election season is going to be a full on sprint to reclaim the White House from the bad man, um, and it's going to get brutal. I think it's. I mean, elections have been brutal in the past, but I think this one's going just just in the way that the that politics has gotten more so <clears throat> vicious. I think this one's going to be like a knockdown drag out. Yeah. Election year. Well, I think it's, I think running against Donald Trump is going to be difficult in, okay, let me put it this way. Running against the record of Donald Trump is going to be difficult in just in the same way that running against the record of Bill Clinton was difficult, right? Clinton enjoyed uh, some very good years in the economy and it was hard to run against that. So all you have to run against is his character and Clinton obviously had some character deficits, right? And that's what the Republicans... Yeah, just a little bit. Well, Monica Lewinsky. But that's what the Republicans ran against. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I think working for Clinton was that the Republicans tried to run against his character and he was defended in in the media constantly, right? And and all of his Mm. his personal failings were downplayed constantly. Trump, on the other hand, um, Trump has many of the same personal failings. uh, And... And he's, you know, the, but he's demonized in the media more than any president's ever been. I mean, so that you, it's yeah. hard, it's hard to hear a Trump statement out of context because you just never know what the context was because it's just made to look like, you know, and yeah. so, but I think, yeah, I think we're looking at, I think it's going to be a dirty, dirty, dirty campaign and it's going to be 100% personal. Now, I, I, can, yeah. you, can you blame anyone but Donald Trump for that though? <laughs> You know, um, oh, yeah, no, that's that's true. You know, his uh, so so Biden comes out with this this basically his his campaign launch was an attack at against Trump, and then uh, Trump responds with his usual nonsensical tweet about Sleepy Joe Biden, and we'll see if he if he has the intelligence to get through the race or something to that effect. <laughs> um, but again, so yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I don't. Just digs himself a hole. I don't think if he knows there's a high road. Like I don't think he knows that's an option, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but here's the thing. Like so, so CBS News is reporting on the whole like uh, Biden launches and Trump's response, and their take was, and it seems like Trump's determined to go negative on this. And you're like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Trump Biden's whole launch was an attack ad, and Trump responded yeah. to a negative. They called him a Nazi. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. And, but but Trump's the one who went negative, and that's that's where I'm like, gosh, I just that's. I, I, here's my take, Vinny, and I know I'm talking a lot on this episode. Part of that's because the Skype no, it's all thing. Good. But and I, part of it, I think is because I'm more excited about the politics conversations than you are. Was it fair? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Once we get into it, once we get into it, I think I'll be more excited. But right now, that's like the last thing I was. Right. About. It's it's like people who will go to baseball games and keep track of like the scores when it's not the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, you know, who cares really? But anyway, yep. but but anyway, um, but like I've I've lost my point now. Dang it! What was I saying? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. I here's my take. I think the only way to get through politics now is to 
we everybody, Republican and Democrat, Republican and Democrat, we have to stop being reactive as we, the people, right? The, the, let the candidates act like you know trained monkeys. I don't care. But yeah. we, we, the people, can't be baited emotionally anymore. And we have to really look at, okay, what's the record of the current president? Am I happy with how the country is? Am I happy with the move like and things like the what's happening in, in the in the pro-life movement? Am I happening what's happening? Am I happy with what's happening in tax policy? Am I happy with ha- with what's happening in defense? Am I happy with what's happening in in um, in immigration? And, and you may not be that thing. But but to look at it, not an emotional in an emotional way, but say, am I happy or unhappy with this? Am I happy with the direction the country's going? these things not my perception of it but with the actual statistics right because that's important um or you know or and to look at the democratic candidates and go would we be better with that right and you know uh, yeah you know because i think both parties are playing it's all emotional right now and i it's like oh yeah we're amazing but that's that's how it works like that that's people I, i think people have become so numb to everything else that when a remote, when an emotional reaction happens for something they're passionate about, yeah, of course they're going to respond to that, and they know it. Politicians aren't dumb; they're manipulative, right? And, and they know that people are going to go for the sob story or the drama or. Ugh. Well, I feel like we're reacting like a bunch of emotional adolescents as a as a population. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we we there are yeah. our government. And our politics has become a reality TV show. And again, you, you blame Donald Trump, or is, yeah, I think probably. Um, yeah. And we're just consumers, you know, voting for who we want to get voted yeah. off the next island. You know, what I mean, or the, yeah. uh, <clears throat> vote off the island the next week. And I, we just have to take the emotion out and start having critical thinking. And I think we've lost. Yeah. And and the sad thing is, we're not teaching critical thinking. Um, and I don't know that. I mean, I, that, I think that's what we need to do. I don't know that that's going to happen. And so, what we're going to have, I think, it's going to. I, I honestly, I think it might come down to Biden versus Trump, and it will just be the most personal. Thing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's um, and it's it's a terrible way to run a campaign. But I think in a modern time, it might be the way to run a campaign. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but and and then at that point, it's like, well, who has the worst life? And now you're not judging on whether they can run the country or not in their policies, but it's all about whether you agree with their lifestyles or not, or think they're terrible people or not. It's well, no longer, yeah. um, it, it's no longer about what they can do. It's all about what they've, yeah, what they've done. And it's, it's not, it's all about the emotional <laughs> perception of the person, yep. not at all about the actual factual person, yeah. you know? And uh, do you do you know the sorry do do you know the uh, comedian uh, Gabriel Iglesias? I have heard this Gabriel Iglesias. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, a while back, he has this bit about how <clears throat> people don't go and vote. Um, they they don't vote for those for or politic on like political stuff, but they vote for American Idol. Yeah. Um, and he does this whole bit about how if you had if you had the candidates come out and do like a talent or something and then you could call in and vote who you wanted to be president, people probably would vote that way. Yeah. No. Um, and he, he has this he has this whole bit and it is really funny, but it's 
scary how that, I think that was like early to mid 2000s. And here we are, how many years later? And I think absolutely more people would vote and not necessarily vote sensibly, but well, yeah, there's people that. would get I mean, out there to try and make a difference if it was like American Idol. Yeah, I, I think they would, but I, I don't I don't think they should. I mean, I, here's you know, people talk about like everybody should vote. I, I honestly don't think everyone should vote. I think there are a lot of people who should stay no. home. I mean, you know, um, but, you know, like I look at California's bullet train. Right. Like that was the, the California <laughs> bullet train. That's never going to get built. That's just we're spending billions. It's never happening. And it, it was just a stupid idea from the get go. Right. It was just a really dumb, unfeasible idea. But it, it sounded so good emotionally. Right. It made us feel yeah. like we were being so progressive and responsible mm-hmm. with the environment. And it's just it's just been a, a it's been a tremendous failure because critical thinkers said this is stupid. It's going to cost billions and billions of dollars and they voted against it but then a lot of other people who you know the the kind of unicorns and candy bars everybody voted for it and they didn't yep. ask the how are we going to do it it was just well we just need to do it because it's the right thing to do well it's how are right, we going to yeah do, yeah you know but how is well, it yeah sorry no go ahead no it i and i and i think it's it's people like that and and this this is where i I like to talk about it because I think it's funny. So there's that part of me that talks about it to laugh. But Bernie Sanders, we've got a lot of people yeah. that absolutely agree. They've got he's got these pipe dreams, you yeah. know these 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 dreams of well everybody gets to go to college for free. As a young adult, that would have been amazing. But I'm also looking at like my parents. If that was the truth, and we like so all that money. To pay the school, it has to come from taxes. It has to come from taxes. The government doesn't like make money. It has is, no revenue other than your money. That's where the tax, you know. Yeah. So if the government's going to spend money, the only place it can get it is from you. Right? Mm. And my parents wouldn't be able to afford their house. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm looking at it going, that tax is going to be incredibly high. Everybody wants the, like, the, the foofy, fluffy, like you said, unicorns and rainbows, you know. And, and everybody kind of makes jokes about Bernie Sanders. Because I think, well, Bernie Sanders has become the mainstream of the Democratic Party. I mean, he, you know, when he yeah. ran when he ran against Hillary Clinton, he was the crazy, fringy left, and it was this uprising moving. But now he is the mainstream. Everybody's trying to be Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders yep. is, in some respects, for the you know for the, I guess the liberal side of the Democratic Party, he's too conservative now. Yeah. I mean, so you know, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing, and you know. I don't know. It's it's just a very yeah. I mean, the whole free free education, you know. Okay, free health care. Uh, okay, all these. Well, we could do all those things free if we had no military. What? Like you know? Well, that's that's not a great plan either. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, you look at places where they have free health care. It's not free. You pay no. it in taxes, right? And you pay yeah. much higher taxes. So. Well, and, and you, you look at those countries that do it, and the standard of living is not great. Yeah. Like, people can't afford the, the, same, the same amount of things that people hear, even at a, at a lower middle class level. 
Well, or the quality of care you know, isn't as good. You know, things like elective yeah. surgeries go forever. You know, so say you say you need a surgery for like a, a hip replacement, right? It's not an emergency. It's an elective. You can wait for it. Well, you may wait a couple of years for it in in like England, right, mm-hmm. um, or Canada. But you know, uh, here in the United States, if you need a, a hip surgery, you go to your doctor and you schedule your hip surgery. And so as soon as it's available, yep. you know, so that's and there's no government bureaucrat making the decision whether or not you're in enough pain or not. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that when you have a government bureaucracy running the system, it doesn't it, it, it never ensures there's less waste. It just ensures that there's more bureaucracy. Mm. Anyway. All right. more red tape to run through. Yeah, well, it seems like it, you know. But we could we could go down the rabbit hole of of, uh, of this. I think we've probably danced in politics long enough. We're at the twenty four minute mark, so I didn't want to spend the whole podcast on it. Although I did, I did enjoy the conversation, Vinny. So thank you. That was I, oh no problem. And again, I enjoy talking about the crazy with Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump because I think it's hilarious. Hey, so can I, I t- so. tell you this? So I didn't know if we were going to be able to do the Skype podcast uh, or not, and I you know with my family being sick, so I actually recorded in entire version of this podcast me talking to myself for about 35 minutes so, nice how so, how are you doing i oh it was great but, and you talking to yourself yeah it was it was a little weird but so if it sounds like i was a little canned on some of this conversation it's be, because i already had the conversation with myself so i apologize if i dominated the conversation um <laughs> hey well, no, you already had uh, you already thought about it so i was like all right, I'm just gonna just let him run. Okay, go with it. That's fine. Hey, um, so it's uh, it was Easter last weekend. How was how how was your yeah. Easter? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, my Easter was actually really really good. Um, a really close friend of mine um, became Catholic, uh, so I was in San Diego Saturday night for vigil for the two two and a half hour uh, vigil mass, <clears throat> and so. He all he converted all the way, so he had to go through baptism and confirmation and communion and uh, <clears throat> like I, I had witnessed that before, but to really kind of be a part of it is like it changed a lot of my Easter for me. Yeah, um, and probably one of the most beautiful things is and if and I'm pretty sure they listen to this, um, so I'm going to embarrass him, though I won't say his name. Um, <clears throat> we got back. To, uh, to the pew um, after communion, and he, there's something that clicked, and, and he just begins to he just begins to kind of cry to himself. Um, and afterwards, I was talking to him, and he goes, "We'll have to talk about it later. We haven't talked about it yet um, <clears throat> as we're doing this, but like it, something had just clicked. Like there's this beauty." Um, that he had realized. And so for me, Easter took a whole different connotation and turn in that sense. Cause I had never like done that before. So overall it was good. Got to see my family, got to see my aunt and my cousin. Uh, we did the flower fields. Oh yeah. <clears throat> as, as a family in San Diego. So that was, that was good. It was, that's cool, man. Yeah. I it... wouldn't say restful because it was a lot of running around, especially because of the vigil, but it you know, was it was good. This is probably one of the best Easter's I've had in a while. It's purely because of of being a part of Easter Vigil. Yeah, watching an adult come into the church and and fully understanding why they're coming into the church, you know, and it's not a yeah. situation of someone's going through the motions because they, their spouse 
you know, parents want them to get married in the church. That happens, right? Um, mm. But someone yeah. who really fully desires communion, you know, and, and to, to have communion with God and to accept the Lord and the Eucharist and, and then to have that moment of like, oh my gosh, like I just, that just happened. Like I just, that yeah. just, like how powerful that, yeah, that's fantastic, man. We had a great experience too. We, uh, we went to the morning mass because I've got kids. And, uh, yeah, no, we can't hang. We tried that, man. We tried the vigil one year and it just, that's not our, it's not our jam. Not, not at this point in our life. Well, that's, that is an emotional breakdown for the little ones. Oh man. Just waiting to happen. That's a powder keg. It's an emotional breakdown for the little ones and their father. Uh, I think it's probably what I'd say. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Our, cause our, our toddler is at the climbing stage where he doesn't like, it's not, he just, ah. he just, it's, it's like holding a raccoon. Cause he, and also baby nails are sharp. They're like razors. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why is that? I don't even know. It's defensive. I'm not sure. Uh, but so he'll try to climb me the whole mass and it's just like, ah, oh, just, I'm tired. I'm tired of being climbed. So that, anyway, so we went to, to daily mass. I went to that daily, we went to the 11, 11, nine. I have no idea. Went to the nine. Um, went to the nine o'clock mass, got there about 45 minutes early, couldn't get a seat in the big house, in the in like the main church. Gotcha, yeah. And so at our parish, what we do is the nine o'clock and then the 915 in the hall. So we went to the hall for the 915, which was which was wonderful. It was great. It was Good. It was comfortable. And um, can I tell you, Vinny, I don't know if there's canon law on this, but seats are way better than pews. Way better. Yeah, aren't they? Such a better experience. I, you know, I, I was thinking about, my wife and I are talking about this. So when I grew up, our parish, one of the, the our church had a, like a divided, like had, had a wing, I guess, of the main church that could be walled off for meetings. And it was called the St. Francis Room. And they had oh, chairs. Oh, yes, yeah. I know of the St. Francis Room. There you go. It had chairs in it when I was growing up. And because they would move them around when there was meetings in there. And we always sat over there in the chair part. And I I'd always took it for granted. And now that I've got my own kids like I realize how wonderful chairs are because when you have chairs, everyone's butt has a designated place, right? Yep. And there's and so there's there's less like he's sitting on me or he's touching me or or yep. like on a crowded mass like Easter like you can only put as many butts as there are chairs so they can't just cram you into the yep. pew and um, if someone's doing the thing where they're like well this is my purse's space then it, no that's a chair and you move it and you, it's just yeah. way more comfortable. Oh my gosh. Um, which it's such a, a shallow, silly thing, but it was really nice. Like it was, it was, it was a comfortable and the air conditioning was working and it was just everything, <laughs> you know, and, uh, our, we have here at St. Martha's, we have a wonderful priest who's from Ghana. Um, he's really, he's really Father great. Joe. Yeah. And sometimes on the church system where we sit in the church, it can be a little bit hard to understand him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the hall, the, the system we have in the hall, um, he was way more understandable. Like it was actually easier to to get what he was saying because of the way the speakers are hung there and the clarity in that system. It's a little newer system, and so yeah, yeah everything kind of gelled. Well, and it I was could, great, man. And I can tell you that um, one of our young adults who also works here at the parish on maintenance, uh, Gabe Joyce. I'll call him out. It sounded like he did a good job. Like that guy spent <laughs> the last couple days uh, during the, um, the during Holy Week during the Triduum. Uh, and basically sat there and worked on everything and made sure it was sounding good. Um, so that, that honestly, that makes me really happy because that room can be really hard to get some clarity out of. Yeah. Um, so if, if everything sounded good and especially Father Joseph and you could understand him. Oh, yeah. Gabe did a 
It is job, man. That's it's great. So good. But I'll tell you what, I, it's every time I've gone to mass over in the overflow hall, I thought, you know, there's something nice about, I, you know, I, it's silly. I've always loved to be part of churches that are that are growing, that are building, that are in that phase mm. of their of their lifespan, and you know, and, and it's so it's kind of reminds me of that, you know, that that moment of of the life of the mm. church or the life of a parish that when they're where you're still kind of growing, you know. Um, so it was nice. It was it was a great experience and and uh, really wonderful. And then and then my kids uh, got sick and we stayed home, so nice. <laughs> we, we didn't do any. Well, of there the... were there were no breakdowns. There were no breakdowns during mass. No, not at all. We you know we we got through mass. It was beautiful and I mean it was really was a joyful celebration of the resurrection of the Lord. Father Joe actually Father Joseph at the end of the mass, you know he says also you know I just want to remind you that to keep celebrating. You know, go home, have a glass of wine. You know the Lord is re- you know we should be celebrating and <laughs> and uh, it was great. You know and so uh, it was just it was really personal. And you kind of like you could see the joy in his face uh, about the resurrection of the Lord. So, really a neat Very experience, cool. man. It was really good. I, I hope, and so I hope you listening, you had a great experience of Easter, whether that was, you know, through the vigil or going during the day or or just the being with friends and family to really sell. And, and again, we're still in Easter, right? Like, um, yeah. Easter is not one day; it's a season. So we're still in Easter. Mm. We, we're Easter people. So keep celebrating, keep keep rejoicing. They should see they should see the risen Lord on our faces when we go out into the street because our lives are different because Jesus is alive, right? Um, which mm. brings us to Divine Mercy Sunday. Yeah, Divine Mercy Sunday. We need a button. Divine Mercy Sunday. I think it have to be more like angelic chorus, maybe like. Uh, yeah, could. So, yeah, I don't know. We're not gonna. We just we do it like a out. like a live like one of the old like radio shows. Yeah, where they had somebody playing the keys. Oh, while that'd be they great. Were, like recording, like an organ grinder, just some some. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, my nephew is marrying an organ player, an organist. So, uh, yes, there. So that might be that might be something we could look into. Getting some, that would be really funny. Some custom the organ tracks. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Anyway, um, so Divine Mercy Sunday. Did you know, Vinny, that Divine Mercy Sunday has only been Divine Mercy Sunday since the year 2000? Really? You didn't? Yeah, I bet you did not know that. It was instituted by John Paul II. Um, and at the, what a guy. And in the occasion of the Great Jubilee of the second millennium, right? Um, mm. Yeah, and it was it – was, but it was interesting because what he said was we're not – it, it's it's like another name. It's it's the second Sunday of Easter, right? So it, it remains the second Sunday of Easter. It's not a different feast outside of mm-hmm. the Easter season, but it shall be known as Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the Pope really wanted to do in that is is to make sure the Church was focused on the that that you know that mercy of God, like that that really Christ resurrection is mercy. And the readings that Sunday are you know Jesus the the first thing he comes and he says to the apostles when he appears to the apostles the first time he appears to the apostles in john's gospel he breathes his spirit on them and he gives them the authority to forgive sins right and so mercy right that's that is the the mercy of the lord mm. is the forgiveness of our sins the freedom that we've been given in jesus christ and that the, the church has really called us to to reflect on that on on that sunday and so so a lot of people will immediately we hear Divine Mercy Sunday because obviously the the Divine Mercy Chaplet and and uh, Saint mm. Faustina you know obviously so associated with Divine Mercy she's the apostle of of you know mercy as she's yep. known right um, but you know and but I don't want you to feel like if you don't have a devotion to the Divine Mercy Chaplet that Divine Mercy Sunday is somehow not for you right mm. like and and obviously the Divine Mercy Chaplet's beautiful we should all pray it yeah. 
but if that's not your it's if it's not where you're at right divine mercy is still for you it's not like it's not like this exclusive thing for people who belong to your divine mercy mm. devotional group at your parish like divine like everyone every yeah. like Christ's life is mercy for you right um so that I think that's mm. just really interesting you know yeah and <clears throat> I I love I love that the the, the what you said about the divine mercy is for everyone. Like I think <clears throat> I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, um, actually wasn't Catholic and they actually were at the Easter, <clears throat> the Easter vigil. Um, it was actually, it was actually a family member of this young man and <clears throat> they go, one of my biggest fears was kind of like the idly feeling like worship. Like we tend to, or like, there, there are some pockets in the church that like if you don't have a devotion to something right you know, if you don't yeah then, you know, then it can be like that you know uh, St. Faustina's diary right the you know in which were, in which she you know talks about the Divine Mercy Chaplet and she, she you know God tells her that he wants the second son, or the first Sunday of Easter or second Sunday of Easter to be the you know to be the to, to, to mm. be devoted to Divine Mercy like all that well it's it's what we call private revelation it's not it's not mm. doctrine of the church. It's not every Catholic has to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Yeah. Now it's it's received, I would say, sort of a papal stamp in in John Paul II's devotion. And um, but you you can be a good Catholic. You can go to heaven. You can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and never have prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It's not. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can you can run into people in the church who are maybe a little bit like. You know. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, and, and like the whole thing is when you had said that it, it's for everyone, we're literally talking about confession. We're literally talking about the ability to seek that divine mercy that only God can give through that sacrament. Yeah. <clears throat> I, 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 love, I love that because I, I seem to be running more and more into people where it is very like segmented. You know, like, well, I've got this devotion to Mary, or I've got this devotion to the Sacred Heart, or, you know, wh- wh- right. whatever that is. And we tend to get caught in those boxes. Again, like, not a not a bad thing. None of them like, are bad. No, totally. Right. But but the reality of, of the divine mercy truly being for everyone, because the divine mercy is what is inevitably going to prep our hearts to, to get us into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? know, it's interesting. I was, so I, I'm doing a talk on this in Kansas this weekend on, on divine mercy. And I, you know, just really been praying. I'm like, what am I, what do, what do you want me to talk about? So when I was reading John Paul II's um, encyclical on mercy, right? Like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll just steal from him. Um, I guess, mm. you know, if you don't know what to talk about, steal from John Paul II. That's what I say. Um, hey. He was talking about the prodigal son story, right? And that, the father in the prodigal son story is being faithful to who he is, right? Like he's showing fidelity to himself in the way that he receives the son because the father is more interested in what's been found than what's been lost. And like mm. we look at confession and, and I think sometimes confession is, or is perceived as like this is, oh, you've, you have to go to confession. No, 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 And it's like, you, no, you get to receive mercy. You know, like mm. there's there's a vehicle for you to receive mercy. And the concern in confession is not so much with what's been done, but with what's been found. 
You know, the confession mm. isn't, and we, that's probably why the church has said we don't want to call it confession in some areas. We want to call it reconciliation because it's so much less about what you're doing and so much more about what God is doing. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mercy is undeserved. It's not like I, I tell my sins and somehow I, I earned his forgiveness. It's me saying, God, I mm-hmm. need your forgiveness in these areas, you know? Um, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's mercy. It's funny because, um, you know, the, the son, John Paul II talks about how the son in the story expects justice. Like he goes, he, he's expecting the father mm-hmm. will say, you can work in my fields. You can be essentially a slave or a servant. That's his expectation, but what he receives is mercy. And, you know, the justice for us would have been the cross. Like what we earned, what we deserved was the cross. The mercy is that Christ took it for us so that we could have, you know, that he, that we could have life in him, right? And that's, Mm. so divine mercy in its essence is, is his life for us, his place for us for us right and then we we Mm. as receivers of that mercy you know saint paul reminds us we need to now go out to be reconcilers as christ reconciled the world to himself we need to go reconcile people to christ we need to go out to bring mercy to other people right to share that with others and to invite them into god's mercy so i mean it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful uh day in the church um and just a real opportunity just to meditate on not, you know, Easter's Easter baskets and it's wonderful and, and it's a great celebration, but don't miss this. You deserve, you deserve the cross. Yeah. What you got was the resurrection, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and with a, like that, the, one of the things that I, I've been kind of praying on and it sounds so cheesy when you say it that way, but one of the things I've been praying on. Yeah. There's been something um, on my heart. Huh? Oh, when you say, "Oh, I've got something on my heart. I just want to share." You know, it's like it's that cliche, right? So yeah. Pray. I've been praying yeah. on. It's on my heart. It's yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, no, but the 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 separation of what the death and resurrection did for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the the resurrection, the cross, absolutely was something that we deserved, but He took for us. That was the moment when that divine mercy was absolutely open to us because he, he took that for us. You know, he, he took that, he, in a sense, he took that bullet for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And with, with the resurrect, with the resurrection, there's, there's that hope that death is not the end. Like, I think we focus on that, that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is risen. Huzzah. But I, I wonder how many people actually understand that the resurrection was about hope that death was not the end that they're under that the people at the time and even now like the understanding of of what death is was then flipped on its head Mm -hmm. you know after christ conquered the grave his resurrection was literally saying this is not the end and i think if, if we continue to travel through the easter season recognizing that death is not the end yeah then the things that we do and the things that we say and how we act and, and running to <clears throat> reconciliation when we need it, it takes a whole different connotation yeah. because the, the hope that we've gotten from, from that morning on Easter, yeah. even though the cross changed our lives, 
yeah. the resurrection in a sense I feel like almost renews it. Well, you know, it's it's you know, if you're running to reconciliation saying I'm such a sinner I need forgiveness, <clears throat> that's true, but you're also running to reconciliation saying because of Christ's cross sin has no power over me. You know, mm. and so the bonds of sin have been broken. I'm going to accept that that gift in my life. You know what I mean? I'm going mm. to accept the freedom that he bought for me. You know, and there's a reason the divine mercy icon has the has mercy. You know, the blood and water streaming from the side of Christ, right? Like it's through His death that mm. we are saved. Um, but hey, so Vinny, Saint Longinus, I, we, yeah, that's right, Saint Longinus or Longinus. Um, I don't know which. Which all the you, way back to the first podcast. If you are a deep listener to the afternoon morning show, yeah, which I think is a good note to end the show on. Actually, uh, I've crossed over the forty-four minute <laughs> mark. I'm not convinced that this actually works, so it'll be interesting to see <laughs> if the podcast gets out there. Um, I'm hoping. I'm this hoping. Fun. Yeah, man. So just a reminder: the afternoon morning show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a five hundred one c three nonprofit, and we depend on the support of listeners like you. If you'd like more information on how you can be part of the mission, go to Everyday Catholic dot com slash donate and you can consider a monthly pledge well hey um hopefully megan will join the show again soon but until then we love you guys we'll catch you on the other side bye guys bye